Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. How's everybody doing today? Great. Great. I'm, I am great. I'm, and I'm saved. The Holy Spirit is within me, and we have a calling and a duty in this season. And we're grace for it. You know, I'm not longing for some other time, or I'm not looking forward to another time. I'm living right now in the purpose God has for us right now. And I hope that's where you are as well. You know, as always, I'm thankful for the opportunity to stand in, in this pulpit and, um, and, and, and share with you all the word. And, uh, you know, it, if ever there was a time to be grateful for the body of Christ and gathering, it's now. It's now. I, I love to continually remind myself of what my brothers and sisters across the globe don't freely get. You know, we watched, you know, the news cycle went through with what was going on in Afghanistan. And unfortunately, we have such comfort where we are that we're like, oh, okay, you know, I guess maybe somebody's still working on that, whatever. We don't realize that people are not able, brothers and sisters are not able, simply because of naming the name of Jesus, they're not free to gather. And it's horrible. It's criminal. It's terrible. But you know what? God promises that wherever we walk, even though it might be through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't have to fear evil. And he's there with us in the midst. So that's what I, I take comfort in for my brothers and sisters as I remember them and pray for them. But then as we gather, listen, church, don't ever take it soft. Don't ever take it as some little, oh, maybe if I feel like it. I say, man, I wake up out of bed. I say, I get to gather freely with the people of God today. So I'm going to be all up in there this morning because I get to do that. And if I could stir you in one thing, this is an appetizer. This ain't the full message yet. If I could stir you to remember that. Okay. I said it last time I preached and, I, and, and pastor didn't, it didn't reprimand me or fire me. So I figure I'll say it again. Listen, if ever, ever there was a season where pastors could be like, man, y'all stay away if you want. Watch online and we'll collect your money. And we won't have to talk to you. That's reality right now. So when a pastor stands up and says, we want you here, we want to see you, it's for real. Seriously. Seriously, there were years gone by when, you know, there could be someone who had an ill motive who said they want you here because they want to collect that check. Fact of the matter, I can collect views on our YouTube page and collect your money if it's ill will, being real. Now, thank God that's not the heart that we have in this house. And that's not the, that's not the, the attitude that we have with the leader that we have in Pastor George and how he's trained the rest of us as a team. Our heart is, man, we really want to see the people of God here. We really want to speak into your life. We really want to fellowship together because we have things for you and you got things for us. Listen, y'all got stuff for me, okay? I could be a little bit selfish sometimes. There's some of y'all who have some things because I'm a distance learner. So don't worry, I've learned a bunch from some of y'all and I never even sat down with you. Because I do, I'm a distance learner. I watch you from a distance, I hear stories and I wanna learn whatever the Holy Spirit wants to teach me through every situation that I find myself in or I even know about. And you get all that as part of your family. So man, be grateful and be here. All right, public service announcement done. Okay. Well, let's get into the word today. So we've been talking about current news, a lot of different things Pastor George has dealt with. Um, and, and, and a lot of the different areas we discuss when you get into things, when you get into what is happening in culture, in current situations, guaranteed, there's always a measure of discomfort one way or the other. 
okay? Because without knowing it, and this is why I'll continue to beat this drum until I no longer have the opportunity to stand in leadership because I'm in the presence of the Lord or because we're all in his presence. I will continue to beat this drum that the word of God has to touch every area of our lives. That the word of God has to impact everything that we're doing. And I will kick against that work of the enemy, which it is a work of the enemy, which puts your Christianity up in the, up in the uh, attic level up here. And then the rest of the real life gets lived in sto- stories one or story one and two. And we just leave that up there. And we don't really want that to touch certain things in real life. We don't realize how pervasive it is. Because then we have situations that happen in our culture and influencers and politicians and business people in our culture who have absolutely godless perspectives and we give away swaths of our authority as the church. And don't get me twisted. I'm not talking about being able to fly your American flag and, 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 and eat barbecue on the 4th of July and have a gun. I ain't talking about all that. You might, that's fine, that's wonderful. But don't get it twisted. It's about us being free in Christ to do what we're called to do. And that's what we're going to get into this morning, all right? Hopefully I don't offend you. If I do, if I do offend you, I'm easy to love, man. That's my wife. I'm easy to love, so just come talk to me. I'm, I'm messing around. I'm kidding. Let's get after it. So we're going to talk today about what do I do? have been talking about current news. I want to say, what do I do now, okay? There's all this going on. Pastors been talking about don't violate your peace when you got to make a certain decision. Where are you going to be involved in? What's your lane? So what do I do? Let's get into it in 1 Peter chapter 2, 11 through 17. Now, funny enough, I told a joke last time that I thought I might be like Pastor Ron and have like a favorite passage of scripture that I keep using. Truth be told, this is the third run that I'm using this actual passage of scripture. So I'm in the same chapter. I'm a little bit further down. If you guys will remember, we were in 1 Peter 2 the last time I was with you, verses 1 through 12, and I'm going to pick up in verse 11 through verses 17 today. Is that all right? If it's not all right, I'm going with it anyway. All right. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor or supreme, or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Amen. Amen. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. And then I'll add to that Acts 5.29, which is one of my favorites when discussing these subjects. We must obey God rather than men. We must obey God rather than men. Father, thank you for your word today. I declare it is rich, it is full of life, and it helps us in everything that we are called to do. Lord, we receive it this morning in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. 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 All right, so I have three areas I want to look at from this passage of Scripture this morning that we're going to dig into. The third one, we're going to spend a little bit more time on the first two. So we're going to go through the first two pretty quick. And then the third one, we're going to camp out for a good little while. So the first point I want you to see out of this section of scripture is this. We must live one life for the glory of the Lord. We should never have a public-private divide in our lives. 
We must live one life for the glory of the Lord. We should never have a public, private divide in our lives. That's the essence of integrity. That's the essence of integrity. There is one life that you live, period. I don't get a public one and a private one. I'm not going to adjust a little bit. And the way I want to attack this is in two different areas. But let me read this section again, verses 11 and 12 from what we just read. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. There is to be no public-private divide in our lives. And that's in two ways. That's in the personal life, and that's also in the life as we interact in the public spheres, including things like government and business, etc. Okay? So I mean it this way. There should be no double life, as in you shouldn't be harboring a whole bunch of secret sin in your life. Deal with it. Deal with it. By the word and the spirit, deal with it. Say, no, 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 no. The enemy would like to keep me bound in foolishness, would like to keep me bound in that which dishonors God, that which is out of step with his word. No, no, I don't have the power within me. So I cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, by your word and your spirit, I need to deal with this. It's one of, my re- one of the reasons why amidst all the busyness I have with ministry that I have going on, I continue to do the Conquer series on sexual purity with men. Every season we come around in connect groups, you guys will see an announcement and I'm meeting with men because we got to get this thing cleaned up. This thing of sexual immorality and pornography and all that is an utter bag of trash that the enemy would love to hold over our heads so that we are powerless for the things God has called us to do. And we can't. We, we got, listen, the, 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 the whole uh, whatever video that was that made the little song online a few years ago, ain't nobody got time for that. Seriously. I was like, on repeat, it was cute, it was funny, but I was like, she was actually right. For whatever foolishness the enemy is trying to bring, ain't nobody got time for any of that. We don't as the people of God. So we got to deal with whatever in our private life is hidden away as something which is dishonorable to God, but then we clean it up a little bit to show up for church. Come on now, church. Clean it up to show up for the connect group or with the other friends who don't really know what's going on. No. No, there is no public, private, and we get to keep a little something. Because here's what happens. The enemy that's coming against you is not saying, well, I'll only go so far in my attack on your life. You don't get to pick. I'm going to keep this little 5% compartment of sin that I treasure. And you know, I, I got this agreement with Satan, and he's only going to go that far and not destroy the rest of my life as a result. Nope. You don't have that kind of guarantee. And trust this. Trust this, that God won't even allow that to be the case because what you need to see is the gravity of your sin so you'll deal with it and allow the Lordship of Christ to come and touch that area. God's not giving you a pass. The scripture says that he chastises or disciplines the son in whom he delights. It's in Hebrews. You don't get to just have a pass. I'm just going to keep this little bit here for me. You know, one of the things I love when you, if you guys get a chance to hang out with my buddy Franco over here, when he ministers to athletes, I love the fact that Franco doesn't go in and with, 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 with athletes playing patty cakes. He preaches lordship, which many athletes need to hear because they get told over and over if you're famous or if you got a lot of game, oh, you know, we're just so glad that you're here. 
the rest of us could bow before you. And you know what? Deep in the hearts of a lot of young men, they're saying, God, I wish somebody wouldn't treat me that way. Even though the flesh gets something from it, some of those young men are saying, man, I wish somebody would tell me the truth. Like that story I told you years ago of my friend who I came up with in middle school, got gloriously saved later and I went and met him. I was already married at this point and met him in the mall and we just sat there and shared. And you know what absolutely broke my heart, but at the same time challenged me is when he said to me, he said, bro, why didn't you just tell me? He said, I would have listened to you. I saw your life. Why don't you just tell me? That's what we need sometimes is that reality to hit us there so that we don't have this secret life that the enemy is going to hold over our head. At the same time, then we also don't have the ability to have some public-private split in our belief system. Let me tell you this. The next time you hear a politician, then you will. (laughs) Tell you, you know, my personal private beliefs aren't going to impact any of the rest of this that I do in government. That's me. That's me leaving the event. That's me taking my vote somewhere else. I'm gone. This word, as believers, okay, we're talking about believers, because if they're in another faith, that I believe by this word, it's a false one. This is the truth. So if you're telling me that this, which impacts every area of life, absolutely is not going to have any impact on the way that you govern. Bro, I'm out. Now, like I'm done immediately. There is no ability for that to be the case. Jesus is Lord of all, or he's not Lord at all. Come on, church. Because lots of us have been super squishy and like I have little things and like, Jesus, I don't want you to touch that. You don't say it that way. But like, you know, I've always did, done things this way in business. I've always voted for this thing. I want you to touch that, Jesus. Now, you don't say it that way, but that's what you act like. I know, because I got the same stuff to deal with, people. That I like, I wonder, I'm like, ooh, why did I get uncomfortable when I realized that that wasn't squaring out with the word, but now I'm trying to justify. I'm looking for justification somewhere in my pocket that I could give myself to have an out because God's going to give me an exception. No. He's coming, Lord of all. Well, he's not coming at all. Simple fact. In the same way that the enemy, John 10, 10, he's only coming to steal and kill and to destroy. I know he deceives us sometimes when he brings all the fun because he comes with party favors and food. Right? Am I lying? No, he comes with party favors, food, gift cards, free subscriptions to everything else you want to see and lots of fun stuff and T-shirts. And like back when we were in college when they wanted to get everybody in debt with the little squishy balls and T-shirts and a pizza. Hey guys, let me get you in debt for the next 20 years to stuff that you're still paying for, for a squishy ball and a pizza. Signing college students up to get in mountains of debt that's going to stick with them and be a pain. That's exactly what the enemy does, guys. Hey, don't you want one of these awesome t-shirts? Super cool. Do you want to sign up for this? He's not telling you all the baggage that's going to be the rest of his plan, which is to steal and to kill and to destroy. And that's why you got to put a foot in his chest in Jesus' name and walk away. 
be gone. Be done with that public-private divide. Listen to this. Our life at home, at work, in politics, and everywhere else must all be under God's authority. Period. Good place to clap. Yeah, clap. All of it must be under God's authority. We must not be guilty as believers of prioritizing safety and acceptance over faithfulness to the Lord. Especially when that safety and acceptance is defined by secular culture and is subjective at best. Hello? That's the game that that the enemy is putting out there, and it's subtle. So I'm going to say this is more safe and acceptable for me to do this versus going over here to what I know is faithfulness to the Lord. What you got? Come on, man. You know, we're in the middle of a, 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 a holiness Bible study with the college students. And I'm like, it's, it's the uncomfortable. One of the guys said something and said, you know, I think people just don't want to have the conversation why holiness. They think it's like an old word or they think it's, it's this or it's that. And I said, well, one of the reasons is because it's uncomfortable. Because that means I got to smash my idols when I start talking about holiness. Oh, hey. The idols that I don't want to admit are idols. You got to tear them down. You look in the old covenant when they were dealing with idols, they didn't deal with them like, hey, if you guys will have a Reformation seminar to just talk about how we can have a conversation about your idol. Here's three books and, and uh, we'll be meeting for coffee tomorrow to talk through it. No, actually what, what, what it said was when you, when you go to those high places, you will tear them down, break them in pieces and burn them. Oh, but wasn't Jesus only just gentle Jesus, meek and mild? Read your whole Bible, people. And also, if I may add, this is an extra. Don't get your definition of Jesus from the evening news or movies. Or or your favorite artist. I pray that they really got saved. But just because your favorite artist went up on the Grammys and was like, yeah, you know, I just want to thank God. God who? Who we talking about? You don't don't mind Jesus? I I just need to be sure about who you're talking about. I thank God all day long, especially when I don't have any lordship. Yeah, man, I thank God, man. Let me make this album, make all this cash, make it rain in Jesus' name. But when he required of me something, did I hear? Because that tells me whether or not I'm actually in the household of faith is because then when he came to me and said, son, this is what I require. You see, that's what happened to the rich young ruler. Hey man, what I'm going to need you to do because you asked me, you did ask me, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Okay. For you, you're going to have to go sell all that stuff and then come and follow me. (sighs) You mean... You mean the Escalade? I just built that house, you know. And they just called me. They just called me to be on MTV Cribs. It could be for your glory, Lord. Think of how many people we'll reach. Think of all the audiences that will see this viral video of my house. He's like, I'll get rid of it. Because that's your idol. 
And you know, also Jesus says in another passage of scripture that if you've given these things, that you'll have them restored in this life and in the life to come. I have every thought that that man probably had a gift for wealth, that had he been willing to receive it, Jesus probably would have restored all that so that he could use it for the influence and the advancement of the gospel. But you see, can I trust him? Because I'm dying to those things, so I don't have this public, private, what's mine and what's his. All of it is under his lordship, okay? All right, man, we spent a long time on that first one. All right, second one. In Christ, we are free men and women. In Christ, say it with me, in Christ, we are free men and women. Listen to this very carefully, zero in. We cling to freedom because Christ has made us free. Not America or any other nation, although we thankfully enjoy that benefit. It's not because we're in America that we value freedom. It's because for freedom, Christ has made us free. So if you're in any fight, any way, shape, or form regarding freedom here in our country, don't let it be wrapped up in the flag alone. That's cool, okay? And I'm one of the biggest immigrant patriots you'll find. But I mean to tell you, let us never have an idol called our nation. But at the same time, don't get it twisted that somehow now I submit to the forces of this world and just take a lack of freedom or death to my freedom because somehow that is blessed and godly. Come on, we're diving into all of it today, boys and girls, okay? This is real. I still value that freedom, but why I value it is because it's in Christ and I get a natural benefit. I praise God that I live here. Honest truth. Not because I'm any better. If anything, this is what you need to declare. It's not, we're so great, I'm so awesome. It's, God, thank you for the mercy that I had the opportunity. I got an opportunity to meet a young lady who's working on her, um, some high, she got like two, three PhDs she's working on. She's from Mexico. And, uh, and she was telling me, she said, I said, hey, so you wanna go back, you know, once you finish everything? She said, no, 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 no. She was like, no. She said, I think it's just better to be here and some of my family wants to come too. I think she says, she was so sweet. I was like, your English is amazing for only speaking English for like a year and a half. Um, and she says, I think it's just better to be here. Just, I have a lot of freedom for what I can do and accomplish here. And I said, yeah, you're right. So there's a natural benefit to it, but don't get it twisted. As believers, we never embrace that because it's America or because it's Western Europe or whatever other place I live that gives me some right to be free. Because the truth is, here's what the government will ever do. It will respect what God has given you. I'm gonna say it again, because this is really foreign to most of us because we get told different things. The government will only ever respect what God or should, I say, only ever respect what God has given you. You know, the government's not supposed to give you any rights. See, most of us don't know that. Either through the word or through proper civics teaching, the government's not supposed to give me anything. The government's supposed to respect me and leave me alone. If and until, if and until I show my behind, publicly, as in I harm another citizen, then that's when they show up, guns blazing. That's actually their responsibility before the Lord. We'll get into it in Romans 13, which is an extremely misused passage of scripture, but we'll get into that momentarily. Okay? 
So that's what it's about. So the freedom comes because we're in Christ, not because I'm so blessed that America gave me freedom. No, she didn't. Christ did. And America, if it has any good sense, will respect the freedom that you have been given in Christ. Because there is no authority above him. And whenever we get this thing twisted, where we think there's some authority above the Lord, above his word, above the work of the Holy Spirit, that's when we got problems. And that's what we face over and over and over again throughout history. The reason why tyrants throughout history have hated Christians is because Christians believe there's an authority above them. And it's still that right now. And it's not super fun and not everybody's going to, my video won't go viral this week saying that. And I don't care. But that is why Christians have been persecuted the world over. You wonder, why isn't some other group persecuted as much as Christians? Because Christians say, no, I have a worldview that this touches everything and there's an authority above all of y'all. And I don't pledge allegiance to anybody over God. That's why I still say the Pledge of Allegiance, because it's one nation under God. So when you take that out, the whole thing is a wash and a waste. So if you're at some event where they're telling you to say the Pledge without under God, then wrap it up and go to the van, go to the truck, roll out, be gone. Because I can't. What am I going to put this above God? No. He is above all. And that's how I live. Verse 16, live as people who are free not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. We are called to live as free people, but under who? Under God. My freedom is never to be a cover-up for evil. My freedom is never to be some reason why I think I have some position over somebody else or some favoritism with God or some right to do something which dishonors him or is out of step with his word. Never. But my freedom is always to be as a servant of the most high God. Glory and honor to his name, submission faithfully to him. That's what my freedom is for. Come on. It's fun and all when the 4th of July comes around, man. Cook up some barbecue, a little drink here or there. Get the kids in the pool. That's fun. You know, you may even go out shooting like some of my friends like to do. Get, get your guns, go to the range and shoot. Yeah, woo. But that's not the reason. Remember, it's all under God. And the minute you are out of step with what honors God, I don't care whether it's your friend, your family, the government, movie, your business, yourself, it's got to go. We are always to be under his authority, using that freedom as servants of the Most High God, as servants of him. That's it, period. And then our last one. This is the one we're going to camp out for a little bit. I got time. That's pretty good. 14 minutes. Honor government under God's authority. Honor government under God's authority. Here's a reminder that we often forget inconveniently. Remember, Jesus and the apostles suffered for noncompliance, not compliance. We need the leadership and the guidance of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit to know when we resist and when we submit. Come on. I mean, come on, some of y'all just got a rebellious streak, you just think you resist everything. Am I calling you out? Can I call you out today? Yup, calling you out right now. And then some of the rest of us, 
deal with, oh, you know, everything they said, we just gotta just do. Do you know that our brothers and sisters in Denmark are dealing with a discussion of a law right now in which pastors and other religious leaders will have to submit their messages and sermons prior for translation into Danish and also for assessment by the government, whether it's acceptable? Y'all didn't know that. It was going on right now. Right now. Mine probably wouldn't have been approved this week. <laughs> I'm just saying. This is right now they're discussing. Latest discussion in their government, I believe, was about three months ago. I'm praying for them. My heart grieves and breaks for those men and women of God who are in that country wanting to speak the word freely. But now I got to, okay, got to button up. Let me just take this over and submit it, email it to whoever, translate it, and have them tell me whether or not it's good to preach. Really? And understand, that's not as a matter of you being disrespectful or dishonoring. It's a matter of saying that there's an authority that goes far beyond anybody I voted in. There's an authority that goes far beyond any person which holds a position somewhere in government. Local, all the way up to the national. There's an authority that goes beyond that, that we all better honor and submit to. I remember when R.C. Sproul, before he passed away, he was invited to uh, one of the inductions of one of our Florida governors. And he said to him in the induction, I thought it was so beautiful. He said, sir, I stand here to remind you today that you serve at the pleasure of God. And I was like, oh, Jesus. Oh. I was like, this brother right here. I was like, that's it. That's what it's about. If there is any declaration from the church and any speaking or encouragement or accountability from the church, it's that. It's say, hey, look, let me remind you, you might feel like you got this authority in yourself and your desire based on maybe some poll you've taken as to what you think is acceptable right now, but let me remind you, you serve under God at his pleasure. So I do, it really doesn't matter what the polls say right now, buddy. It doesn't because you serve under the pleasure of the most high who we submit to. Again, verse 13 through 15 says, be subject for the Lord's sake. For the Lord's sake. Didn't say for the leader's sake, said for the Lord's sake. To every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme, of course, if we translate to whatever types of leaders we have based on our civil governments these days, or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to pray the, praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people so that we have, what did I say in point one? And consistent, unified, singular life as people. We don't have this public-private split in which all this stuff is acceptable, though it dishonors the Lord. But over here, if you want to quietly practice any faith you have, you can do that over here. Didn't say that everybody was forced to submit to your faith, but it did say there's certain things God expects because that's how he designed the society to function. And he kind of knows everything since he made it. Just putting it out there. And so as a result, here we are to submit, right? But this is for, this is the will of God that by doing good, you put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. So it's always still coming back to what glorifies and what lines up with godliness. And remember verse 17 says, honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. 
Verse 17 again, I underlined fear God. The only one in that group that is to be feared and revered is God. Period. Come on, we honor people. We love our brotherhood. We honor the government leader, but we fear God. Which means something should be out of step. If something should be out of step with what honors God, then I'm out. Whoever you are, I'm out. I'm out. I'm done. However you need to work that out. However you need to work that out. There was a particular company, national big box company, who decided they were going to give every bit of the money that came into the store. A certain percentage was going to go to support advancing particular agendas, multi-faceted agenda that I knew was going to be to the degradation of society, and it was sinful. So I said, I'm not shopping there. Didn't say anybody else had to. I was convicted. I stepped foot on the property, and I was like, I know already 100%, Lord, that, that 5% of everything I spend here today is particularly going to fund that, and I have an option down the street. Go down the street. I didn't say anybody else had to. I'm just saying you need to do what you need to do in order to say, hey, this is what I'm going to support before the Lord, and this is what my conscience will allow me to do before the Lord. This is what Pastor George is talking about. When Pastor George says don't violate your peace, you know, I should hope by now, that he's not talking about some new agey, I sat with the crystals. And I No, I should hope that's not what you're misinterpreting. When he's talking about the peace, it's talking about the peace that Jesus said he would leave us. He said, my peace I live with, leave with you. Therefore, don't let your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Because I've left my peace with you. That's the peace we don't violate, is alignment with Christ and his lordship. There's a rest and a peace in that. So that's what we want to line up with. So that's what he's talking about when he says, man, are you not violating your peace? That's what we're talking about here, okay? So we have to know this and realize that where everything we're doing is under God's authority. Listen to this. Obedience to any government mandate or directive is subject to obedience to God's word. Obedience to any government mandate or directive is subject to obedience to God's word. Now, let me read Romans 13. I talked about it a minute ago. Many people have just kind of done the same thing they've done with Matthew, um, Matthew chapter 7. Okay? Don't judge me, bro. Yeah, don't judge me, bro. I'm not going to judge. I'm not going to judge anybody. Well, if you'd read the whole passage, what you'd find out is that that passage wants us from direction of Jesus to receive what God is doing, deal with things in our own life, like we did in point one, and then now you can see a little more clearly to look at your brother or your sister and say, hey, come on out of that. So good. But you see what the lie is, is don't judge me means you just stay over here and you just do you. You do you, boo. And we all good. And if we're honest with ourselves, if this word is true and we believe it, that's me sitting back and saying, well, God sucks to be you. Your life is falling apart. That sin is going to eat you up. And we already know, as we discussed earlier in John 10, that the enemy only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So I just 
don't want to be disagreeable by saying to my friend that there's a better way and that God desires more for them and that life that they're living is going to destroy everything. Trust the Holy Spirit to help you. Don't be a jerk. To quote Vody Bauckham, the gospel is offensive enough. It doesn't need your help. You with me? He said that and I rewound the podcast like four times. I was like, oh, yes. You know, you have like the private amen with, with, with in your car. I was like, brother, amen. Rewind again. 30 seconds back again. It's offensive enough. It doesn't need your help. So you delivering that truth in love mm-hmm. is so necessary. But don't get it twisted. Deliver that truth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was, was having Bible study with the college students a couple of weeks ago. And one of the girls said, I laughed. She said, and I, she asked me my thought on a particular issue and dealing with a friend on that. And then I stated what I would say and what I had said to people in the past. She's like, she says, how does anybody disagree with you? You state it so nicely. <laughs> and I was like, it's just truth. I didn't have to make it be mad about it. I'm actually joyfully bringing it because the better thing would be for you to get mad at me and leave and one day get it right. That's right. That for me to self-preserve so I feel better about me and my feelings aren't hurt because you didn't reject me. And I watch you on a silver bullet to hell. Can we be real? I mean, why would I want, why would I prefer? And I'm talking to myself here. Just enjoy it as you stand or sit here. Why would I prefer me feeling good about not getting my feelings hurt when truth is in question and somebody needs that? But we do. We're people, and it's okay. God understands, man. But cry out for his grace so that you would be able to step up and say, you know what, Lord? This is what needs to be done. This is what needs to be stated. We need to be about this truth because we're under you first and foremost, and you'll sort out any other details. If I botched it a little bit in the delivery, it's okay. The Lord is well able. Trust me. Trust me. Nobody is going to hell because your delivery was not that great. Some of y'all don't believe that, but it's true. God is merciful and gracious, man. Anybody's going is going because they chose to. And we go, oh, no, no, that's what, not, yeah, that's not what you were told on TV and movies and whatever else in the culture tells you that. That God's just batting people into hell. He gives us many, many, many opportunities. It's do we want him or not. As one apologist said way back, he said, for the person who disrespects, dishonors, rejects God, for them, even heaven would be hell. So it's by our own choosing that we reject him. But listen, let's, as believers, never be guilty of coming and saying, we're going to water down, wash away truth because we feel like somehow that would be a little better situation. Again, don't be a jerk just for the sake of being a jerk. And if you got that gift, come, I'll pray for you and help you. If you got the gift of jerkiness and you need to bring that down a notch. (laughs) Some need to just say, hey, bro, there was not a need for all that. The truth was going to offend all on its own. (laughs) Didn't need you. to add your offensiveness to it. So Romans 13 says this, let every person be subject to the governing authorities for there's no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment for rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who's in authority? Then do what is good and you'll receive his approval. For he is God's servant, God's servant for your good. 
But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this, you also pay taxes for the authorities. And some, some of us wish we just would have left that out, huh? Paul, why'd you have to continue? For this reason, you pay taxes for the authorities or ministers of God attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them. Taxes to whom taxes are owed. Revenue to whom revenue is owed. Respect to whom respect is owed. Honor to whom honor is owed. Why? Because we are called to generally submit to this authority called the civil magistrate, the civil government. But it is under God's authority. It is not absolute. So you have a may and a must as a believer. What do you mean by that? There are instances in which you may disobey a civil order, meaning you don't have to. Because I don't have any incumbency upon me in the word of God. Now, if it will cause me to not be seen as doing what is honorable and good in God's eyes before those around me to the purpose of him being glorified, then I got to check that. But then there are some times when we must resist it. You must turn away from it. You must not obey it, which is what Jesus and the apostles and so many Christian martyrs have gotten themselves in trouble for over the years. As says, we, we, we can't do that. We're not doing that. Here's how Doug Wilson said it on the subject of not complying and knowing when. Our differences are not over the ethics of the thing, non-compliance, but over a question of fact. Just how diseased has our culture gotten? That's always the question mark, because let me give you a list that none of you would disagree with, I don't think. Here was examples of people did not comply with government to honor under God's authority, him first. The Hebrew midwives, y'all realize that? Civil disobedience was happening with the, civil, with, the, with the Hebrew midwives. They were told by the government, this is what you will do. And they said, nah, we got to wrap that up because it is the most high God who we serve. And then they lied when they asked him. And the Lord said, all this was honorable. When they said, why are y'all still delivering these babies? Well, you know, these Hebrew women, you know, they're kind of lively. And like the baby's just like, boom, come out. So we, we can't help it. And, it. and it was honorable to the Lord because his authority was above that of the civil authority. The early church continued to preach the gospel against government order. That's where we got that scripture for in Acts 5.29. The apostles all said, listen, bro, we can't but obey God because we ought to obey God rather than man. So, I mean, y'all, I guess y'all are going to have to beat us or do whatever you need to do, but we're going to continue doing what the Lord said. Corrie Ten Boom and her family hiding Jews in Nazi Germany. If you don't know that story of the hiding place, have your children read that book, watch that movie, please. Powerful woman of God. Her family just quietly went about it. And you know who was distracting her and detracting from her doing it? And her family, the pastor, all the local leaders and her fellow church brothers and sisters. Corey, we ought to honor the, they used Roman 13. And now we watch that and say, wow, what a powerful moment. But she didn't have a lot of buddies in the church who were telling her, yeah, do it, Corey. Most of them were saying, nah, Corey, what you doing? We don't disobey the government. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, his involvement in the assassination attempt on Hitler and his general resistance to the Third Reich. Got a book this big. Some of y'all have read big books. A couple of them on Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Movie, 
I commend you the movie as well. Probably once your kids hit about 13, 14, it's a little strong. It's free on Netflix, by the way. Surprisingly still there. But this guy's life, we look back, wow, what a champion of the faith. At the moment though, guess who distracted him and detracted from him and said, you shouldn't do this? His local pastors, his fellow churchmen. It breaks my heart when I watch the movie and I see the accurate scenes they depicted. I thought, God, bros, nobody was there seeing it with you. And we look back and see it so clear now that we are to honor him first. I'm going a little OT, but I think we'll be good. Helping people escape from communist Cuba or Soviet Union. And I know people who personally have done it or were helped. But we're like, oh man, thank God. It was not obedient to that government. But there was an authority higher than that government. Smuggling Bibles into close countries. <laughs> I remember it like it was yesterday. My one opportunity where I did it, man, my friends like Jim Gilbert and others have been many a time, Pastor George, many times. <laughs> but I only had one. And it was like, man, I'm telling you, the airport people were coming by, my heart was like this. <laughs> I was like, is he coming to check us down? I'm like, are we out here? What's gonna happen? We got massive cases of Bibles that we just disguised as suitcases and we're rolling them out. Why? Because there's a higher authority. When that government said, no, you can't have the word of God, God was like, yeah, they can. <laughs> and helping slaves escape through the Underground Railroad. Man, if I could have been one of those people. Just the, the memory of and seeing that and so many people have done a good job depicting in movies to see those people go through. See Harriet Tubman and the hero, heroism. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To go back and look at that. But again, who was there? Many folks in church said, hi. You sure? Government said. The law of the land. We got to know, church. Remember. Remember. Everything during the Holocaust was legal. I'm going to say it again because some of y'all didn't get it. Everything in the Holocaust was absolutely legal, document legal. Was it righteous? We need the Holy Spirit and the Word, church, to put something above what we see in front of us, to say there comes a time when we say no, mm -mm. no. And I laid the foundation in the beginning. I told y'all, we gotta live these lives that are faithful and true and pure before the Lord and live honorably. But there comes a point at which you say no, always. And that glorifies the Lord. And I thank God we haven't been called to give our lives here yet. And I know that's not like, yay, okay, let's go have cheeseburgers now. But that's honest when we look at history. To be honest, to say, settle right now that should it ever come a question, who is your Lord, be done immediately be done i am not gonna you're not gonna find anybody else who is coming to this country who believe well maybe but i am a firm believer in being a good and faithful citizen honoring man i see military people come up man government officials even ones who i disagree with 
Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for your service, what you do. But listen to me, if it comes down to it, guess who's first tapping out? I'm out. Oh, you want us to do this? Which disobeys the word of God? Because your authority exceeds his? That's what I'm doing with that. And, and I won't feel bad. I'll do it with a smile too. Love you, brother. You want to have a coffee too? But no, because that will honor and glorify the Lord. And I want to encourage you to not feel as if somehow, oh my gosh, this is because we were, you know, the Jesus that we've been painted from culture is that he would always just be sweet. Maybe. But that's not the marker of who he is. The Lord of all, the arbiter of the truth. When you go into Isaiah chapter 58 and it looks as the Lord was looking over the earth saying, man, here's the situation before he sends Jesus, man, look at what it looks like. One of the statements in one translation says, right in the center of chapter 58 says, and truth is dying in the streets. There is no truth. Because we've decided what we want things to be. What's left, what's right, what's up, what's down, what's true, what's not true. That was one of the things that you look, it's the prophecy of when Jesus is getting ready to be released into the earth. So let's always remember that he is the way, the truth, the life. That's who we're serving. That's the Lord that we bow to. So I'm gonna read you a quote before we go. I know we've laughed a little bit, we've enjoyed, we've been joyful, but there's also just, I, I just want you guys to receive this, the seriousness of our hour, not in a discouraged way, because here's one thing you'll know about me, if you spend any time with me. I love to be serious about things like this, but listen, man, we're laughing in five minutes with cookies and espresso. Why? Because if there be any good thing, scripture tells us, praiseworthy, we meditate on those things. And at the end of it all, we win. There's some stuff to go through, but we win. Because you're in Christ, you win. So this is the thing, man. Let me help you. If you feel like you're one of the, ah, joy, 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 I'm only talking about joy and I can never talk about a serious subject, learn how to deal with the serious things. But if you're one of those, these Christians, it's always right. Everything is, everything's right here. Sir. Don't you know the hour? It's okay, bro. That's one of the reasons I like the Chosen series. I love the, the way they depicted Jesus. He's like, he got serious when he needs to, but then I was like, come on, buddy. Simon, come on, let me get one of those pomegranates, bro. Light up the fire. Let's talk and laugh a little bit. Because he's Lord of all. We're in him. That means we have a wonderful place of peace and safety. But there's still the truth that's there. So listen to this. This is a foreword from a book I'm in the middle of called Just Thinking About the State. So our duty as the people of God is not to overthrow Caesar through armed insurgency. The church as a body must not abandon its true ministry as a herald of the gospel in order to become a rival political force. Quote, the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, end quote. That's from 2 Corinthians 10.4. What we're embroiled in is an ideological and spiritual conflict. And the main duty, listen to the church, the main duty of Christ's church is to keep proclaiming the truth. 
Yeah, hand clap right there. Hand clap right there. That is how we, quote, destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Because we continue to hold our office, which is those who stand as a herald of the gospel, who continue to declare the truth in the face when it doesn't seem popular, when people would say, eh, public opinion would say you should do this instead. Now we still say this is the truth. This honors the Lord. This glorifies him. I mean, adjust what we wear, okay? I mean, some people probably, there's some churches wouldn't allow me today. I'm teaching, I'm preaching in high tops. If you haven't noticed, I like sneakers. It's just part of the game, part of the game. I enjoy them. Change that stuff, but don't ever let the eternal truth of the gospel be changed by culture by your feelings, by anything that's around us, by governments included. We stay faithful to the truth of the gospel. Stan and I have two more things to tell you before you go. Remember, and I'm gonna pray for you. Remember that in all things we must obey God rather than man, in all things. In all things. Why? Because here's the deal. We live in the here and now for the eternal glory of God. And Colossians 3 says it this way. Whatever you do, work heartily. as for the Lord and not for men. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. Why? You are serving the Lord Christ. You are serving the Lord Christ. Whatever it looks like, whatever disagreement you face, whatever tough situations, whatever challenges you're facing right now, remember, you are serving the Lord Christ. There's an authority and there's a hope beyond anything else that we see in the natural right now. And that is that we are in Christ free, that we are established in Him, that we are called according to His purpose, that our peace is the peace He left us and not the peace that we might feel in somehow in the natural which is why believers not only have been persecuted throughout the years, but they've also, in the midst of it, been filled with peace. So Father, lift your hands today. Father, I thank you for this truth, that in you we live and move and we have our being, and God, we are called to walk as your faithful sons and daughters. We rest in you, we trust in you, we believe you above all things, God. And I pray over every believer in this room, that they lay hold of your word and they trust the direction of the Holy Spirit to help them know what they are supposed to do. Every issue that comes up, they're gonna know what choice they need to make. And every issue that comes in front of them, you're going to give them the truth of your word and the wisdom directing them by the Holy Spirit. As your word says, God, we plan our way, but you direct our steps. And so we thank you for that today. We have strong confidence, not in ourselves today, but in you, in Jesus' name. Go and put your hands down. Leave your heads bowed over a moment. If this morning you're in this room and you have not yet received the way, the truth, and the life of Jesus Christ, to see your life radically saved and changed, to walk on the new path he has for you, I just want you to put your hand up. We're gonna pray together in a moment. If you're online as well, put your hand up. Yeah, I see one, two, three. Amen, amen, amen. Yes, I love it. I love it. Come on, put your hands together.
If you're online today, that's you as well. If you're listening to this after the fact, put a hand up. We're going to pray. The whole church is going to pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you gave your life to restore me to right relationship with you, Father. I thank you that my sins are behind me and my future in you is ahead of me. I declare that I turn from my sin and I turn to you. Fill me with your spirit. Guide me by your word and help me to live in a way that glorifies you and honors you above all else. Thank you for saving me. I bless you and I declare you are my Lord and you are my Savior. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Come on, give him a praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You guys see up here on the screen, if you prayed that prayer this morning, we want to get you pl plugged in and connected with somebody who is going to be able to help you walk this walk. There's a lot to this. If you just take this right here, there's a whole lot of stuff in here. I'm still learning this, this, this thing. So tell, tell you what you don't want to do is have prayed this prayer and then say, ah, I'm good. You know, I got saved. Now I'm just going to go do my thing. Please, if I could just beg you, please get connected with the body of Christ. God's people are here to lead you, to help you, to walk with you as brothers and sisters. Listen, you've received a whole new family if you prayed that prayer, a family of God. And so don't squander it. Get plugged in and receive. And a part of that and what we do is, is have you email us at Next Step at The Rock Online so we can help you get resourced and plugged in. Love you guys. I appreciate you. I pray this word is a blessing to you. And I'm telling you, go and live knowing that you are serving the Lord Christ. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.